Okay, here we go. This is Silicon Reel, the video podcast dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. I am Brian Rose. I also host London Reel, which is a uh, similar trialogue format with three people. Uh, we've had guests like uh, Bruce Perry from the BBC series Tribe. We've had uh, Tim Ferriss, the four-hour workweek guy here. Uh, we've had futurist Jason Silva, all sorts of different people here. But this is Silicon Reel. My co-host today is entrepreneur Colin Pyle, who comes to London uh, via Toronto, sometimes on long motorcycle tours via China and India, uh, getting uh, Guinness Book World Records, you name it. Uh, Colin, thanks for being here. Uh, you're looking good today. Thank you. Cleanly shaven as of uh, November 1st. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pulling, rocking the Movember this, this, this month. It's a brave move. And uh, I, I have to raise some cash. So okay. come, come to Twitter and yeah, how do we do that? Sponsor me. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll put the link up. I'll tweet the link up or the link. I'll put the link in my personal Twitter at policy. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, right now a lot of people are like, "Well, we want to see something before we donate." So that's fair enough. Okay. So fair me, enough. Give me a week. Okay. Cool. And you know, I always <laughs> I always introduce you as an entrepreneur, but we don't even know what you're doing. So what is going on with you these days? Before I get to our guest. Yeah. Just just quick. One of the one of the things. Uh, Lingos.co. So Lingos.co is a language website, social network for language learners and teachers. So just launched that kind of six six weeks ago. Yeah. Great. So really site. excited. So yeah, check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, and then yeah, doing a bunch of other stuff. Coffee and. All sorts of stuff. Producing another TV show in the new year. So awesome. Without me in it, which should be good because I'm done being in front of the camera. You don't like that, huh? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, I love your ride in China, so people should check that out as well. Yeah, cool. So um, awesome, very cool. Our guest today is Mr. Fernando. Uh, tell me if I'm going to pronounce this right. Is it Ripolles? Yes, that's 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 right. You yeah. like that accent? Yeah, very it's good. Pretty very good. good. Yeah. You, there was I, can the, tell, I can tell you come from San Diego. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was always very serious about my accents. I did learn Spanish when I was in San Diego, and I always tried to get my accents kind of right. So, yeah. Yeah. Spanish. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. pretty good. You know, yeah, it's, it's Mexican Spanish, not Spanish. I was going to say slightly Mexican twang there, but, See. you know, still pretty good. Very <laughs> impressive. I'm very impressive. Senor. I'm proud of my usually Mexican it's, roots. Usually it's Ripolis, uh, you know, Ripo so yeah. Ripolles is actually very good. It's, it's getting there, right? Yeah. You good. know, you are the CEO and co-founder of uh, Hialife.com, <clears> which right. is a place to uh, recall and organize personal life stories privately or together with friends and family. That's right. Uh, you moved to London, I thought 20 years ago, but 17 years ago. Uh, you joined an early stage Bloomberg at the time uh, where you learned uh, sales and marketing. Then you went on to uh, UBS and then Nomura. And then you quit the whole city lifestyle. That's right. uh, this sounds familiar. Uh, two and a half years ago. I was almost three years ago. You yeah. were two and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, you started Highlife.com. You uh, were a Waira Accelerator Project? That's right, yeah. Okay. Waira here Waira. in London. Yeah. Okay, and here in London. Welcome to Silicon Reel. Thank you. You know, Thanks very much. I, I read your story and, it, and it, it looks like my story, so I get really fascinated <laughs> when, when guys like you come here because this is kind of a startup. I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe I'm crazy. But I just yeah. want to know before we get into to your new business, what's the biggest difference between running a startup and working in banking? Oh, where do I start? <laughs> um, well, um, I guess uh, um, you know one of the things I realize is is how. Uh, you know, you in in the corporate world, you know, you tend to um, just do your work in a, in a way with your eyes closed. You know, you're not just you're not alive really. You, you know, it's every day is the routine, is the sort of 
castration of initiatives, you know, uh, wow. or anything that is new. Uh, um, I mean, you worked in banking, everything is super specialized. Yeah. So, I mean, we were just commenting uh, earlier offline, you know, uh, whether you knew X or you knew Y, you know, you are on the credit derivatives desk, right? And that's all you do. And that's what you specialize in. And you are the expert for that particular area and potentially even for a particular region, right? Or a particular yeah. group of clients, right? And that's all you do. And you could do that for like 12 years, right? And you go into a meeting and you give your snippet as an expert and that's it. And you go back to your desk and you do exactly the same thing. Um, I was, you know, I'm doing this more. I mean, it was an exciting side of banking because uh, it had, you know, I was, I was involved with... Um, electronic trading uh, for equities so you had a little bit of a sort of the the evolution of technology the trading side of it um uh the the strategic side of of starting something new when nobody was trading electronically but you know i was doing that i guess for too long and it just became boring um and what you see here is you're actually taking i'm actually taking decisions um you know every day that can make a difference for good or for bad Right. And, and probably are, are, you know, things that I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily an expert and I just need to just go, for, you know, go for your gut feeling and it's exciting. It's scary also. Um, so you just need to sort of load that um, rack sack and responsibility every day and just get on with it uh, and try to make a difference. It's um, very, very uh, uh, different, obviously. You know, we, we've had uh, companies like TransferWise in here and um, other ones that are trying to challenge the banks. And we talk about the innovator's dilemma. Yeah. And, you know, by being in, in a banking company, I worked at ICAP, you worked in the banks. It's almost like the innovator gets crushed there. You know, it's like no one wants to hear your new ideas. It's like, look, we're making great money. Let's keep making great money. Any kind of a new idea, there's no real place for it in that banking structure. You know? I think they, they, they try to make it seem like they embrace good ideas, right? Right? And obviously sure. they're, they're telling you, yeah, of course, you know, if you've got ideas, come to me and, you know, we'll make it happen. And, you know, let's think outside of the box and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I, it's, it's actually not true. You know, right. um, there, there is not because culturally, you know, the, there is uh, this mitigation of risk. As you're saying, we're making money already. Let's not. Uh, mess things up, right? It's not rock uh, the um, boat, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's not like it's a bad people or anything. It's just like you said, a culture of where there's just no point in rewarding this kind of innovation. Well, and the person that makes the decision to push a new idea through isn't re rewarded enough for them to take that risk, right? So right. There's no often, big. There's no big equity stake yeah, for them. So they're just like, yeah, no, that's way more work, and I'm really not going to see the value or benefit. So we'll just leave it. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, they just don't. They, they don't see the benefits of, uh, of changing something that works. Um, and, uh, and at the end of the day, there's always there's so many layers of, uh, of management uh, with, with or without budget. You know, that it's, just, it's, it's just a grind and difficult to, to uh, implement. So many times you just do um, mi like micro innovations you know, uh, uh, in your daily work. Um, but obviously, you're not really going to make a difference uh, in general. Okay. As well, very well said. It sounds like uh, ex-bankers anonymous. Yeah, yeah exactly. It does. It does. My name is Colin Pyle and I'm an ex-banker. Yeah. <laughs> and no one has any sympathy for us bankers. Uh, so they're like, yeah, whatever, whatever. But, yeah. but I, have, I have no bitterness, you know, I mean, they, yeah. they, it's, you understand the, the attractiveness of, of that security and they pay you well. And, but I guess unless there's like, there's a few that get paid really, really well. And there's another, uh, uh, you know, there's a big mass of people that they're just grabbed by the, um, um, I was going to say by the balls. It's okay. Uh, and, you're uh, to say that here. Yeah, I, yeah. I can say, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you just sort of 
it's just enough for you to sort of stay another year and another year and another yeah, year. Yeah, so the cash flow is just enough to keep your uh, all of your kids in private school, to keep your house payments, to keep your car payments. And then I've had all of your old colleagues in, in the banking are like, wow, look at what Fernando's doing. He's challenging his brain and wishing yeah. all that. But yet they still have the kind of golden handcuffs to keep them doing what they're doing. Absolutely. So, and, yeah. and one of the things you say in that, you know, is that, you know, I find that it's just very difficult um, for people to realize generally. I mean, if, you, if you're not in, in the startup or if, you, if you're not working in, 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 in this, uh, what it takes to actually do it, you know, and, you, and as you say, it's exactly that. You know, I meet, you know, a lot of my friends are still uh, obviously uh, in, in, in this world. And you meet them and, and they're like, yeah, you know, it's amazing what you're doing. You know, I'm, I'm, um, they feel proud because in a way they want, everyone wants, generally wants an exit, right, from the rat race, right? Um, but they don't realize how actually difficult <laughs> it is. You know, the other day one, um, a friend of mine was like, yeah, you know, um, I, I, he works in market, you know, it's like, yeah, this, this is a little bit like a startup, you know, and a startup, uh, and with, with, I'm building this, and I'm building, I mean, like, no, no, excuse me, it's not a startup, believe me, you've got a huge budget, you don't have any of the risks, you know, that, you right. know, here we're, we're walking a, a, a really thin line, right, we have to juggle all these things, and there's no net at the bottom, uh, and, and it's the first time you've, you've walked that line, right? Or potentially, I mean, at least in my case, right? Yeah, that's another so. thing that comes up on the show is that tech startup is considered very glamorous. And especially like the city people are like, oh, wow. But then you're like, it's a daily grind and right. your budgets are low and the stakes are high. And, you know, we don't have office space. We don't have budget. We don't have this. So anyways, I want to hear more about your business. So let's talk about highlife.com. We always ask guys some standard questions when they're here. So I just want to know, what have you done? What are your plans for this company? And why do you think you guys will win in the space that you've chosen? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you briefly introduced what we do, uh, which is to um, allow people to crowdsource personal stories uh, um, or even memories uh, in one single place uh, with friends, family, people they care um, in, a, in a place that is that you can trust and where you can, um, uh, let's say, uh, manage privacy uh, in a very transparent and clear way, right? Okay. So it's a very interesting thing. I never heard anything like yeah, this before. But as soon as you describe it, it sounds like I want to hear more about it. So I guess you know, you know, the, the vision originally is to, you know, I guess to to enrich and preserve uh, personal identity uh, uh, through memories, you know, and, and to bring people together. And it's you know very sort of big vision. Um, but um, when we when we bring this to down to earth, you know, I. I I guess going to the origins of the idea, you know, uh, when um, I was thinking of a, a trip I did with a, a friend from school many, many years ago, and it was just a random memory that came to my head uh, one day as I was going out of the shower, and I was thinking, does it, I mean, this is a, a, a beautiful trip, you know, full of, like, really funny anecdotes uh, that we did to Portugal, board my mom's car, you know, uh, uh, God knows why she allowed me to get a new car, and I was, like, 18, you know. Um, and we spent all the money the first week and, you know, had lots of, you know, lots of crazy adventures. Um, and uh, I was thinking about this and, and, and thinking, you know, I don't speak with this guy, you know, does he ever think about this? Because it's obviously an important part of my life together with many other important parts, right? But, you know, surely for him, you know, he one day he's drinking coffee and he's thinking about this, right? And how cool would it be to actually send him that memory and say, hey, look, do you remember this? 
And for him to, to pick it up and go, oh, wow, of course I do. That's brilliant. And what about this anecdote in that trip? And what about that anecdote? And sort of build the story together, right? And, and be able to, you know, send, I've got precious stories, you know, uh, um, uh, with my mom and my side of the family, my mom's side being Spanish, is, you know, massive family with really funny stories. And to be able to share those stories with them, right? And, and then I've got stuff with my wife. And then I've got stuff, uh, you know, with my kids, and to be able to visualize all that, you know, in the same way as I do when I sit down for dinner uh, with my mates and, and we remember uh, stuff or we speak about, you know, funny things. You know, inevitably we speak about these things all the time, right? Um, but where do you put those stories? The actual story, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, some photographs in Flickr right. or, you know, you, you show off in, in Facebook about, a, 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 you know, maybe you have... You're, kids or whatever, right? I'm talking yeah. about the actual stories behind that, right? Okay. Um, we thought that um, at the time we, we wanted a place that where all of these things could coexist and have its own idiosyncrasies, you know, because what we're trying to do is connect content. You know, that's what connects us as people, right? Content, really. Um, you know, I guess in Facebook you, connect, you, you, you collect friends and in LinkedIn you collect connections uh, um, but it's the content that really brings us together, right? Um, you know, yeah, we have stories. We one, have yeah. stories in common, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if we've got a lot of stories in common, we're going to be really, really well, sort of intimately connected. If we've got one story, and over time, you know, I, I met Colin. You know, we've we've gone out for a beer, and then tomorrow we go out again, and then in in one year, you know, we shared a lot of experiences, and that was. That connection is what brings us together. Right. So what we're trying to do is provide a place where you can, let's say, build uh, on that content, where, where content is the protagonist, right? and build it from, from the bottom up, uh, making sure that, that we respect content uh, and the stories as they should. As opposed to respecting the friends or the, the status updates. Well, I guess... You're taking a little bit of a dig here at some of our... Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, I guess... I guess some billion-dollar company. That's yeah, no, it's not. No, no, no. It's, it's, I guess that what I'm, rather than a dig, I'm trying to, to explain our difference. Right. I'm not having a dig, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, the incumbent uh, guys, uh, you know, they're, they're great, you know, Facebook for, you know, it's a source of, uh, of uh, content uh, for us uh, and, you know, Instagram and, and potentially even Twitter and Flickr and all these guys, right? Um, but we've just seen Facebook admit that, you know, their, their adoption by younger ch- children is, is, is dropping, right? The teenagers are using it less and less. And I think a lot of people have feel a little frustrated and feel a little saturated by the Facebook phenomenon. Like, they don't get what they thought they were going to get from this. You know, it ends up being, like you said, maybe someone's just showing off or right. presenting <clears throat> a profile that they want everyone to believe, which people think is not true. I mean... We need a different version of it. It is. It's very we? superficial, I think, right. at the end of the day. People like or comment, but it's, again, it's just, I just don't feel engaged. And people say they have seven, eight hundred friends and a thousand. Like I, I once had about 700 friends and I chopped it down to about 150. On Facebook? On Facebook. Mm. Okay, interesting. Because I was like, you, you find know, people doing that. Yeah, right? I, it just felt that it was, it just got out of control. And people that I, met once and will never meet again were my Facebook friends and I just don't know if that's yeah, I guess, I, how I, mean, I wanted to use it clearly I mean it's a super incredible successful model right yeah. so I, it would be stupid of me to say like look that's not valid right because obviously it's, it an, it's an amazing uh, right. thing that you know it's changed the face of, of, of the web um, but all I'm saying is there's also a need for 
a different approach. And I'm not saying I'm you know, necessarily you know, going to compete on an alternative to, uh, uh, to uh, Facebook. But you know, there is space for other things apart from Facebook in the web. You know, because Facebook touch, they have so many touch points. You know, there's so many uh, startups out there that, in a way, you could argue that, you know, Facebook is a competitor, right? And, you know, I, I mean, the way I see Facebook is just a communication layer in the web. You know, it's, it's the telephone line of, of this uh, era, right? Like the kids, obviously now you're saying that they're not so involved anymore. But generally, like before, they used to, like, pick up the phone and speak with uh, friends. Now they just... You know, it, it, they communicate via Facebook. But, you know, what we're, we're saying is something different. So my positioning uh, or the position of High Alive is we are actually a different thing, you know. What would a typical um, memory be? What would it look like on High Alive? Would it be a photo, a movie, a text? I mean, like, if you can give us, like, a minute, one-minute example. What so would... it's any combination of what you just said, okay. right? So it's any combination of, of text, uh, photo, video, uh, location, tags, uh, it always has an owner and the owner always controls where it goes, um, who sees, who can potentially see that, whether it's private um, or whether it's you share it uh, privately with a couple of guys or whether you want to make it public for everyone to see. That's a big thing for you guys, privacy. Yes. I mean, in your description, you put that right up in the front. I guess, I guess control of, of privacy, okay. right? Because, you know... You could you could use higher life and have lots of public uh, uh, memories, but at least you choose. That's your choice. So you know we want you to be able to control that really really easily. And also super important is that you own your content, right? So um, the stress here is that if you're going to trust higher life or you're going to put some personal stuff, you don't want brands to actually uh, let's say um, uh, segment and mine and, and service ads. Uh, with your content, right? Um, you want to keep that, let's say, private in that sense, right? In the sense of ownership. Understood, understood. But if, yeah. if I created a Google circle, for example, with people that I went to a, whatever football game with and then invited them, is that kind of the, the concept? In, ter- in, terms of, in terms of the sharing, yes, right. but, but okay. still, I guess, uh, um, uh, Google are still um, accessing, how, yeah. a- accessing the, the posts. Right. Uh, so you grant access to, as a product, you know, okay. Colin being a product, you know, you, you give access, uh, uh, you know, by signing their T's and C's to potentially, you know, segment or mine your, your content, whereas we don't, right? right. We just, uh, we just um, have a license to show your content in different formats according to your ex- instructions. But the rights to your content are yours, right? And there's some interesting things that we're exploring uh, um, also, uh, which we can enter later on if you want, um, uh, on how we bring brands in a different, with a different angle, uh, in a, in, you know, let's say a, a not intrusive angle. Okay, understood. Um, uh, you know, we always like to have a section here where we talk a little bit real and ask some devil's advocate questions. So yes. I'm going to hit you with an Go obvious on. question. How do you compete with someone like a Facebook or a Google Plus? You know, I love your concept, and it looks like it might be something that one day might be acquired by Facebook as like a separate private area. But how do you go after such a giant, you know, when you're, when you're coming from a startup? Standpoint? Yeah, I would, well, first of all, I, I don't consider that we're actually necessarily going for them. 
right? Um, there's uh, there's lots of people on the side that are, as you say, uh, you know, they're f- fed up with certain models, right? So it's a matter of how you make sure that you transmit the values and they find value in, in, in higher life, you know, and then you can grow organically, right? We, we cannot be naive and pretend that we're going to sort of hit them face on, right? Um, so I guess for us, the important thing is that when you... Um, arrive to higher life, higherlife.com, you find enough value to say, hmm, I think this is interesting for me. You know, I can keep my stories here um, and, you know, see my, my dynamic life in a really fluid way. Very different. I mean, go to a um, very, very clear example. Go to uh, your Facebook timeline, right? And take a look. You know, when we finish this interview and take a look at how, how it actually looks, right? It's full of irrelevant stuff. It's mm. full of like noise, you know, faces that come and go, people that have liked things, people that, have, that you befriended two years ago that promoted a content that suddenly appears there and it doesn't mean anything to you. And it's, full, you know, the actual format is full of, uh, uh, of noise. So we're trying to, to bring something different where you can just choose exactly what goes in there. So from a purely selfish point of view, I want to have a call it like online bio uh you know full of meaningful stuff that people send to me and that i send to people and all in one place so that i can go and check out stories about my kids and it's a matter of i guess um brand positioning you know okay and that's a challenge you know because it's not an easy uh um uh, an easy thing to do i think that when people get it and they see what we do they you know there's always like a wow moment they go Wow, yeah, I I get it. I I kind of see the value right away when I heard about it. You know, yeah, I I think I guess it's just the the adoption, right? So, yes, um, it's not as simple an idea as just post a picture to Facebook, right? That's so ingrained in how we think now. It's so easy, so it's getting over that hurdle for people to understand your product and then. I agree. I agree. And the challenge is that, to tell the truth, I mean, the the core values are very very different, but. That's not really, and although we understand them and, and we think that, yes, you've got a, a really good point with privacy and ownership and all that, it's not an argument for the masses, right? So, you know, you can't really win a battle based on that because people will switch off. We'll go like, I'm talking about ownership and what's that? You know, I'm not, I'm not bothered about that. Of course, there's people that do and then they immediately get it. But I'm talking about the masses, right? So we need to engage purely from the visual and how the product works, right? And the product works in a really natural, organic way, right? In the same way as, you know, real life uh, works. And that's what, we have, what we've tried to build is, is mimic how the real life interaction works around stories. Okay, so as long as you feel, oh, there's a place for my stories, there's a place for me to post and boast great but there's a place for my personal stories, you know, my stuff with, with my mom. You right. know, that's truly personal, right? Yeah. And with my kids, you know, and it's, and it's actually a story about something funny they said the other day, you know, and it's, it's personal to me, my wife, and my kid. And it, it makes sense for the three of us. It doesn't make sense for, you know, my 300 friends in Facebook, right? Right. It's where like do, a where family do, scrapbook. Yeah, where of. do you keep that, right? Yeah. Exactly. So we're trying to bring sort of the scrapbook to the 21st century in a way. Okay. You know, we had Simon Devonshire on here a few weeks ago, and he runs Waira in London, which is a huge accelerator run that's owned by Telefonica. And I noticed you were a Waira company, and I was wondering, because we haven't had one on, if you could just tell us why you went for that program and, and what it was like. 
as honest as you can be. <laughs> and what's, I'm curious what stage you were in before yeah. you, you went into Right, okay. So, yeah, well, that's, that's a lot. Uh, we, we could have a, a whole podcast about that. Uh, um, well, I, I guess for... Well, we, we, our story is sort of quite, quite specific because we knew Waira from Madrid. So, my, to put you in context, my co-founder, so I founded Higher Life together with uh, um, a guy called David Gomez. Why is it called Higher Life? Oh, well, uh, that's uh, a, a whole other story. Yeah, well, it's uh, well, basically, it's it's hello to life and making it kind of sort of informal and sort of uh, attractive and, and, and young. You know, say hello to life. So it's a very vital and very sort of optimistic uh, um, term. Um, and we liked, you know, the sound of it, you know, the, the phonetics of, of the word. Yeah, it's um, catchy. Yeah. So, uh, and it's, so it's higher life. As in, yeah, as in H-I-Y-A, yeah. as in higher. Higher life. Higher yeah. life. Yeah. All right, sorry, back to, back to where we're in Madrid. Uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, so David, um, so I, I, I founded a high life with David, and um, so he's, uh, he's uh, sort of engineer by trade, and uh, he's, he's the CTO, and uh, um, he was involved uh, in the startup uh, community in Madrid uh, with a few different projects and one of them actually uh which he he had some some uh, share ownership was accepted into wire madrid so that's when we met we actually met the whole wire team and you know what wire was we heard uh from the horse's mouth from wire madrid that they were going to open wire in uh in uh, london and um so i met simon uh, one day for a chat, and she ex- he explained me all of this uh, to me, and we thought it would be a great idea um, for us. I think that we were, I mean, there's all kinds of different projects coming into Wire at different stages, right? Some of them are just purely a PowerPoint, some of them are sort of established business or more established. You know, we were sort of from a corporate point of view slightly advanced, right? So we had uh, we had gone through a, a friends and family round. Uh, we had a structure, we had an office in, in, um, in Madrid with some developers, and we were building a product and, you know, um, all this. Uh, but from a product point of view, we were still very, very, very infant. Um, and it's not an easy thing to build, you know, as, as we've discussed, right? So we thought, look, we can, we can do with uh, um, sort of strategic uh, consulting with management, with uh, uh, business models with with a lot of advice on the one hand and on the other hand i come from um from this from the city uh, uh, so i i really didn't i wasn't very well connected in the in the startup community uh, so we thought it would be a great sort of injection of of networking uh um for for us right okay. and to get into the community so those were the main reasons i mean obviously you know uh, being being sort of having an, as, as, as an office in Madrid and being sort of uh, Spanish, you know, the, the whole Telefonica link and all that yeah. was, was that also, yeah, also uh, helped. They don't yeah. put a lot of money in, right? Do they put it 50,000 euros in? Uh, uh, 50, 000, yeah. Well, 40,000 40, uh, pounds, okay. yeah. Pounds, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when did you go with them? A year ago or more? Uh, yeah, we, so we went in in June 2012 and um, as the first cohort, uh, we stayed until... March 2013, usually six months, but they extended uh, an extra three months. Uh, I think it was just a, a first cohort kind of uh, uh, deal where they extended it. They brought 
uh, three months into the uh, into the stay, they brought another three teams, and it just extended uh, uh, our stay for all of us, which was great. And what was the experience like? What surprised you about the whole thing? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was great. It was awesome. I mean, uh, um, you have just basically a lot of opportunities uh, that are open uh, for you. I mean, you you still obviously have to do. Um, a, all the hard work and try to get the juice and you know a telephonic is a big animal uh, so you need to sort of move in between uh, the lines to try to get the juice and I actually think that probably uh, we can you know I always say that the best juice out of uh, telephonic is still to come so if Simon if you're listening to me you know I'll still get a lot of juice out of you guys hopefully juice, now what, <laughs> juice. Now explain the term juice I like it well, I guess juice is a generalization to say, uh, you know, uh, hopefully P- whether it's PR or hope, yeah. contacts or um, uh, technology or, uh, you know, just generally help. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, they're shareholders. Right. They're shareholders uh, of yours. The relationship yeah, continues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they are, they are with us for the, for the long journey. Uh, which, you're, which you're glad. You're happy to have given very, up that equity percentage. Very happy. What very happy. if you had to say sort of one negative for the wire experience? What, what would you or something that they could improve on? Yeah, sure. I guess I guess you know one thing negative, but but it's not negative on on the wire experience. It's just the way it is. Is yeah. that you get thrown uh, into a, an environment where you have lots of people giving you lots of opinions, right? right? And it's it can be a little bit first a little bit daunting because it makes you think a lot and and doubt yourself and you know let's say you you know you you have somehow slight identity crisis uh, uh mini identity crisis if you've got someone coming to you brian every day and saying i think you're tall i think you're small i think you're fat i think you're this i think you're that right, right? so you know after a, 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 a couple of months of that you think who the f- who the f i am right? so it really scrambles your head yeah exactly yeah. so am i this or am i that or should i be actually approaching things differently and in a way you know what you realize is you have to sort of uh, um, follow your 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 gut and um, isolate yourself a little bit from the noise uh, and and take a direction. Uh, there's a lot of this advice is really useful and it makes you think um, in in the right way, right? So how to select the useful stuff from the noise? I mean, obviously that that is the difficult bit, um, but in a way, I guess that that's a, a challenge, right? Sure. That that now looking back, I think. You know, were we slightly distracted or too distracted in, in certain things, right? Um, I guess that for good or for bad, you know, you, you know, it's funny. The other day, I was um, I was reading the the original sort of pitch idea that I wrote was at UBS on a plane, you know, about higher life and what I thought this could be and how it could it work. And the other day, I I, I was reading it and it's just. Incredibly, I was incredibly surprised to find it so accurate to what we built and what we have now. I don't know whether that's good or bad. Is that a memory on your high life? Well, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's private. Okay, okay. You should so, share it with the community, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But know, yeah, so... You said your partner is in Madrid. Yes. But you're in London, and I was just wondering why you're in London, and if you think it's an integral part of your company's success. Um, well, I guess, I mean... I mean, London, just because that's where I've lived uh, in, you know, my family's here, so I lived all my life here, and it wouldn't, you know, when, when we started this, we, we knew in our hearts that it had to be uh, a UK initiative. You know, here's where, um, you know, you have the connections, where you got 
at least within Europe, right, where you got the money, um, um, where we could have a better chance of, of success. English, is that an important piece as well? English also, yeah. I, I think that also with, with a, a consumer web product, I guess that for us, uh, at least my, my vision is, you know, if, if higher life kick, kicks off and, 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 you know, when we become big, if we do become big, obviously we when? will. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think that, uh, that the U.S. is a, um, a natural progression, you know, uh, just because they understand consumer web, uh, both in terms of money and in terms of, like, people, you know, growing and using consumer web. So uh, we thought, look, it has to be Anglo-Saxon, you know, uh, based in the U.K. made sense because that's where I, where, where I live. Uh, and, you know, that's where I've got my mortgage. And it would be quite a big thing, you know, to quit your job and ask for a mortgage somewhere else. Um, so <laughs> from a purely practical point of view, uh, obviously, that, that's how it worked. And, and in, in the case of David, you know, he's based in, in Spain. It's exactly the same situation uh, in terms of his family and the schools and all this and that. Um, so um, we thought, well, actually, it could work because... Um, value for money um, for the same quality of developer, you know, it's probably like a third uh, um, less expensive in, in Spain. I think, you know, you, you've probably read the papers in the last uh, couple yeah. of years. Youth you know? unemployment really sure. high. And... Yeah, exactly. So, so we can find good guys, you know, at, at competitive uh, rates um, and sort of have our, our development cost center there, which makes sense. Also, obviously, David being the, the CDO and the engineer, you know, he could manage that process from there. Um, and we could manage sort of this 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 sales and marketing uh, from here. It's a nice um, angle. I hadn't yeah, thought about that. So that's that. that's yeah. that is true. I and mean, it is it is challenging to be a, a part, you know? even though you've got Skype and you got you know you've sure. share all kinds of sharing mechanisms, uh, and we sort of visit each other. Um, I, you know, it is quite quite a challenge. You have to make a good effort to to keep it tight. Yeah. Um, it's tough you know, unless you're in the same. Yeah, room. because you know yeah. the, the whole office banter and the whole sort of exchange of ideas you know it's when you're in the same room you know obviously it, it does happen more naturally right, right. You, know, you were in banking for like a long time and you were in equities so you must have been looking at all sorts of different companies different business models and now you've been in the startup sector here in london for two years if if you had to sign a non-compete and you couldn't be in the social media space or whatever the what do you consult consumer media space for the next five years what would you go into you know what do you find exciting about london tech um, what, as in like uh, different in, sectors? In, invest in a, in a different sector? Yeah, or, or if you had to start a company and it couldn't be what you're doing now? Um, I don't know. I don't know. The other day, like, as in like having other, uh, other ideas of other things that you could do. Um, I guess if I tell you, I have to shoot you. Really? <laughs> no, no, you know I've been what? I've shot before. <laughs> no, the other day, actually, have Brian. Really? I, I, Twice. There's, there's all kinds. I mean, I, don't, I have all kinds of, uh, of different ideas. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm too busy with what I'm doing now. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess something um, definitely uh, um, uh, simpler, more concrete. Uh, I mean, the other day, I was, I was actually thinking, you know, why don't we build uh, something to, to read... Uh, to read you articles, you know, whilst you're on the tube or whilst you're walking. Have you thought about it? Oh, to read it to you. Yeah. Like to tell it to you, like read it in your, that's a great yeah. idea. I love audiobooks. Audible. 
Yeah. Audible.com? Actually, does it exist? Because I, I want to download that. Does oh, it, I don't know if it's... For our, for it's, our, it's not like current articles, so you couldn't read like you know the BBC, the morning right, well, let's highlights. Do that. But it's you could... Uh, but Audible is amazing. I Keep it to quiet only to your podcast uh, community. Yeah, we've got a few days. Actually, got one day. Colin, what's your take on this? What are you, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? I think... Uh, my first question is, so you have f- four-year-old twins? Yes. And when did you start High Life? Uh, a couple of years ago. So how did that conversation go? Because I think there's a lot of guys out there that aren't only, you know, worried about the cash flow and, and you know, the mortgage. And here you are. You stepped away from a good job. Um, and, uh, and you had to go tell your wife, say, hey, I know we have two, two little ones. That was the most difficult pitch yeah. ever. That's yeah, forget about forget about pitching to a, a VC <laughs> or you know. Yeah. Every time I I I'm, I've got a pitch, you know, a VC pitch or or a, you know a sales pitch or something to do, you know, I think that's that's easy. easy. That's it has to be easy, you know. Right. After you know, uh, it's it's funny that because actually David also has three kids, so right. we always say that we are the the London startup with more kids per founder because we've got three each right yeah. you're bringing up the average yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, i it's difficult you know it's difficult also because i guess that when you're starting uh, in in this scene you know there's a lot of networking a lot of events sure. a lot of like you know and you can't you know you've got a family to go back to and you've got to take care of that uh business so you know it's it's kind of difficult to to combine and you need a very sort of understanding uh um, and hard-working wife and from a, a financial point of view, obviously, it's, it's difficult, you yeah. know, because uh, uh, you're sort of scratching uh, from your savings uh, and you see sort of, you know, the, when, when you actually start, it's the, 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 um, the end game is sort of very far away, right? And you're like, yeah, I can last, you know, you don't get worried. But suddenly, you know, time goes by and you sort of see it there in the horizon, it's kind of there and you're like, like a oh, mirage. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, I better really kick some bum and make this happen, you know, because, you know, I've got, I've got responsibilities, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and if, if this suddenly, you know, come on board, you know, I'm, gonna find, I'm going to have to find a way to, to, to provide, you right? There's only as much uh, sort of boiled eggs and white rice that you can feed your children with, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, sometimes you have to give them a steak, right? Sometimes. And they're not getting, they're not getting any cheaper, you know, so... So, yeah, no, it's, it's challenging. It's definitely yeah. challenging, yeah. You have to sort of box it and try to isolate that. Um, um, you know, I, I, the, the thing that I sometimes I think is that when people... Um, I remember when I, when I first sort of took the decision to do it, um, you know, someone told me, you know, if you really, um, you know, want to raise some money, they really need to see that you are committed, you know? You're committed to the project and that if you need to remortgage your house, you will do it. And that if you need to, like, sell, you know, your watch, you will do it. And if you need to, you know. And, uh, um, and I, I, you know, sometimes I think, you know, nobody's going to come with that kind of uh, speech to me in the sense that, look, you can't get it more commitment. Sure. You know, you, you know, if someone tells me, are you committed? I say, well, I think just look at, you know, the background. And, right. Do you, ever, and, do you ever think about going back to banking? Oh, 
that would be horrible. <laughs> but look, you're yeah, corrupted now. It's like it's, fine wine. You can't, you can't go work in the, the box anymore. I, I don't know if I, I could last, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I could, I mean, to tell you, look, listen, if you, you know, if you, I, I've got three kids actually, so after the twins, I had a, a little right. blissful accident, you know, he's, he's an amazing uh, little boy. Um, and you know, you go through kids, you have to provide, you, you just, you, you know, if you have to do it, you'll do it. Right. Yeah. But look, you, you probably try to look for something different, you know, maybe use the skills that I've learned here and, and sort of somehow combine them to, to find not, not necessarily go back to investment banking because that would, that would be a killer. Yeah. It would be a creative killer. I mean, oh, it's funny because you, you think about, you know, the, the income you used to have and how that can pretty much solve all your financial problems in the short term. But then you realize how, what kind of a headspace you were in to leave and, and you just would be so stifled, especially yeah. after you've had a little bit of room to flap your wings, you know, I know and I try know. some new things. So I know it would have to be something very, very specific and extremely well paid. You know? <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> which you know, it's, it's yeah. difficult because you know things have moved on, and you know, you, you I guess also you, you've been two years out. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I really haven't thought about. It. I mean, probably I should, right? I'm, no, it's, um, it's it's a good answer right there if you haven't thought about it. So. Yeah, no, I guess uh, I guess I should. Uh, you know, I, you, you still receive calls from headhunters and stuff like that. I don't. Yeah, you, you have to. Well, <laughs> they I guess they you watch have to, the show. Well, you have to. Nur- you have to nurture. You have to nurture. Too far gone. Too far gone. After the ayahuasca, after the DMT yeah. episode, they were like, "We're we're, not de- we're deleting his number." Yeah, they don't call me anymore. Um, for for high, for high life, I mean, what do you see for like the next two years and the next five years? Like, where do you guys want to be? Is it like a certain kind of headcount? Is it a partnership with another company where you can provide X and Y? Is it an exit scenario? I mean, what? Um, well, I mean, currently we're sort of um, um, at a very, very crucial stage. Uh, so we are, we just released an app um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, which is live in the App Store. Um, we've, we've been running the website in its current format for like three months. So we're sort of ga- gathering data of usage and, and we're, we basically need uh, Anna, uh, some cash and we're going out, you know, uh, meeting some people, you know, to, to get some, hopefully some money to, um, to really expand, right? Uh, to, to expand the team, you know, get the product to where we, you know, there's still a lot of things that we need to get right um, and properly explore our sort of monetization uh, strategy. Um, and, uh, and hopefully to, uh, you know, to, to spend actually some money in marketing. Right, as opposed to free marketing and you know trying to get, which is always a bit of a grind, uh, which we also try, right? But you know, actually get some professionals uh, <laughs> involved uh, um, on the marketing side. Um, so yeah, hopefully you know uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get we'll get the the cash that we need, and and we'll we'll inject uh, um, that back into the product, into the growth. Uh, um, uh, so we see that there's there's. I mean, we want to grow, obviously, like for this kind of product uh, uh, organically. So, you know, make sure that people see the value and are actually uh, sending memories uh, to each other and growing that, that content. But also through, through uh, brands uh, where, you know, we feel that we got something quite interesting because um, they, you know, we've been speaking with a lot of, of big and small brands and they see how they can actually... Uh, surface their digital archive in a really nice, fluid way. Um, and it's all about content marketing nowadays, right? Like bringing the personal story. Uh, uh, you know, that's what really engages, right? 
So yeah. they, don't, they don't they don't sell they don't say um, buy the Volkswagen Golf because it's you know uh, zero to sixty in six point two seconds and it's re- they say. Um, you know, my wife uh, was pregnant. I was going to give birth, and you know, I had a Volkswagen Golf, so I wasn't worried about arriving to the hospital in time. Yeah, you're or something right. like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, a they bring, story, yeah, yeah, they always bring that, right? So we think that we we combine in a very natural way personal stories or your personal stories with brand stories, and allow you to consume the brand stories and, and pick them up and bring them into your life. And then contribute with your personal stories to a brand uh, uh, corporate journey. So a brand can very easily crowdsource uh, their their story with with memories uh, of you know Brian and Colin and Fernando and this and that and bring them all into life. You know, and they, they people you know see those stories as the best kudos ever. You know, when there's something emotional going on uh, uh, with the brand, right? Yeah. So that's what we're trying to sort of. Uh, Are um, brands afraid of if you open it up? It's hard to control the good and the bad, and <laughs> inevitably someone might put up a, a bad story. Yeah, absolutely, right? absolutely. And, yeah. well, there's two elements there. I mean, that's a, a question yeah. that we've... Uh, so the way we tackle that is, is twofold. One is, first of all, brands can curate exactly what goes in. Sure, so obviously, sure. uh, um, potentially, they could censor uh, or, or not promote the, the, the bad, bad stuff into, into the public uh, eye. Um, but then what we do is we actually flip... Uh, the content around. So if I if I send a bad story and a brand uh, replies to that bad story, as long as obviously they reply to it sure. with with a a solution, that would get flipped. So the solution becomes the headline, right? So so what what the brand is promoting is how well we dealt with this bad experience, right? So it's a way of turning things around. Interesting. I think brands are looking for that kind of web 3.0 where sure. every, you see it all the time with really intelligent brands where, like you said, they'll do a short film about a product where the, the film will be about a scenario and then the product is just there in the background. background. And you fall in love with, like you said, the story of someone taking their wife to the hospital and, yeah. and then there's the golf in the background or something yeah. like that. So. Yeah. And, and, and Folks, I, I, Volkswagen, please contact us. We're looking for sponsorship. As we <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. And, 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 and also like the, 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 history you know behind you know brands are like increasingly trying to to be proud of uh of their history you know and, and the fact you know the other day i mean even like mcdonald's is having an, an ad about some guy eating the 1935 burger you right, know and right. having a flashback of right. how things were in McDonald's, you know bringing the past you know we are a proud brand and we had a history you know with our consumers you know and, and you have to feel proud and identified with that right so so I think that whole element of, of being part of, a, of that journey and, and bringing, surfacing the history in a really sort of on your eyes, I think that's quite interesting uh, from, for brands. You know? How about sporting events? I'd be, like, yeah. It just sounds perfect for me for a football team or whatever to have you know, a curated timeline of, of that game. Yeah. And people could like, just crowdsource it. That's right? exactly. That's exactly. Really I mean, cool. and, and funnily enough, uh, so... Um, uh, Man City um, actually uh, have implemented a, um, a solution already uh, with a, um, re- some really cool guys from uh, Manchester um, and you know some some startup. But you know it's, it's kind of more of a tool. But the concept right. of actually going out to let's crowdsource uh, you know memories, uh, the history of the club together with the fans, right? right. Um, so um, we've got a few showcases. We're speaking with uh, with um, Barcelona. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's it's a big animal, time. right? Uh, so it will take time. But 
super interested and, and you know they love the concept of, of just bringing uh, stories of fans uh, into one single place and how proud I am as a fan that the story of when I first took my kid to see a football match is actually part of the public uh, uh, journey of Barcelona, right? Which is open to everyone to see, right? And they see the story of uh, Fernando and uh, you know. yes. even, even though I support Real Madrid, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, it's, it's just ex- for the record. It's an exciting niche. I, I really like it. You know, Fernando, we always close the show by asking a very classic question. I'm going to ask you the same one we ask everyone. If you could make a phone call to the 20-year-old Fernando Ripolles and give that young man a bit of advice, what would you tell him? Oh, wow. Well, I, you know, I guess that I, I would say just really um, think about what you love and, um, and just go for it. You know, uh, don't, you know, I, I, I always think, uh, you know, I, I love cinema, right? And I, um, and I love cameras and, uh, and technical equipment and, and photography um, and I would, I would have loved to, to be a film, uh, film director. That's, for me, that's a perfect job. You know, it has a creative side of it. You know, you have the scripting, the managing, the technical side, the money side, uh, the story side, uh, you know, all that. I, I find it fascinating. And, you know, I probably would have said, look, do you like cinema? Yes, go for it. Just, you know, go and study uh, cinema and just follow that dream, you know. And I guess that um, you're so... Uh, and grinded by, by, you know, I guess the culture, you know, that you need to get a good job and earn money, right? Uh, and when you're growing up, you're like, unless you've got a, a, a vocation, like, I want to be a doctor or I want to be, you know. But otherwise, you know, you're like, you know, I just need to sort of get good degrees, get a good, uh, um, you know, go to uni, get a good education, find a job and get paid lots of money, right? And that's sort of what is sort of embedded in your head as opposed to what is it exactly, what is it that I like, Right? And if, if you like something, then actually apply yourself, study that, and just go for it. Right? So, good advice. Yeah. On that same note, to the 20-year-old listening who wants to you know, do what you're doing with your life right now, what would you tell them to do? Would you advise them to go into banking? Something Colin and I always talk about. You know, or do you think that's a big mistake? Grumpy old man. Well, yeah. you know what? <laughs> if they, <laughs> if uh, I, would, I would advise them to go into banking if they actually really love you know the whole banking uh, uh, thing, right? but if they love it, so I've got like my my uh, um, uh, godson. Uh, he's uh, an economist by trade, and he just loves it. He loves you know he he meets with his mates and discusses you know macroeconomics and you know stuff like that. And you know it's hardcore. I know, I know. So, but he he loves it. So he's he's working long hours in in some hedge fund. Um, and, you know, good for him. You know, if you really love it, then great, you know. But if you're doing it for the money, that's a dangerous... Um, what well, dangerous, I mean, I have no bitterness about it. It's, done, it's put me in this situation, so I'm very happy about it. But then think twice. You know, if you're just doing it just because you think it's a good, well-paid job and you, need, and you want the money, then think twice about, you know, if you could find something that you like... And make money. That's the ticket, right? So, you know, target that, right? I think Colin and I are thinking these days that it it is a great place for a young man to kind of learn uh, what it's like to be in a corporation, what it's like to have a boss, what it's like to do things you don't want to do. And because a lot of times if you go from university to startup, you don't get a lot of these things. That's true. That's right. Also, it sets you up, hopefully, with a, you know, a little bit of bucks so you can get your life started, right? And, And, 
you know. So that's I think that's important also to to sort of take off a little bit, you know. Because yeah, otherwise, you know, you you end up uh, living with, at your parents, you know. Uh, uh, when you're still 30 or 35, right? And That's you know, tough. Yeah. That's a tough rap. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Fernando, how do people um, get a hold? I mean, if they go to highlife.com, um, what, what's the easiest thing should they do? They go up, set up an account? I mean, like, what's the easiest way for them to get started with you guys? Yeah, so just, you know, just go to highlife.com and uh, um, register. You'll see that, you know, obviously uh, we, we are working on the initial journey to make it a, uh, guide you more through it. So uh, now at the beginning, as in its current uh, state, You'll see a little bit empty, but you can go to discover and see how what other people are doing uh, with uh, with memories and with content, and basically just hit the new uh, memo and create any you know just think about let's say your killer story, your party killer story, just put it in there. Or um, there's there's something called gather uh, moments, so you just bring all your albums really really quickly from uh, Facebook mm. in this case, so you bring them together in our format, in our in our sort of memory or story format. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, we're working on, on a lot of stuff also with, uh, with blogs. We think it, it could be a really good way to, to surface blogs. Uh, um, so working on, on how to do that easily with WordPress. Uh, um, uh, but the other way to, uh, to, uh, to start is through the app. Yeah. So just download the app if you've got an iPhone. And if you don't, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, we're looking to get, get some money to, 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 to the Android too. You know, we had to start yeah. somewhere, right? Um, and, uh, and you just download the app and, uh, and start uh, getting some of the, the photos and some of the stories that you got on your phone um, in there and, um, and take it from there. I mean, obviously, both speak to each other, app and web. Um, so hopefully you start building. Best thing is to also start sharing um, some of this stuff privately with with friends, family, um, and get them to participate because um, that's the fun. The fun bit is to actually wake up in the morning and find out, you know, a friend has sent you, you know, that story that really gives you a big smile in the morning, right? right. Uh, or, or uh, you know, or your wife is creating something, uh, uh, you know, about the kids, you know, and stuff like that. So the, the best thing is to actually send each other stories. No, it's an exciting space. Um, I, I wish you lots of luck with this. I'm a little tired of this, you know, two-dimensional social media space where it's just look at my picture, look what I did. It's, it's I don't know, it's not very inspiring. So this is yeah. really cool. I think the, the medium-term corporate angle is even more exciting. So, yeah, really cool. So that's very cool. Thanks so much. Twitter, how do people find you? Uh, at Higher Life. Okay. So at Higher Life uh, um, and Facebook also. So uh, we have a page there, uh, Higher Life in uh, in Facebook, and uh, again, you know, uh, when you create a, a memory, you know, you can actually share it, uh, share the URL uh, if it's public. You know, you can share it in, in Twitter or even in Facebook. So you have, you can actually share the story uh, in in the highlight format if you want, um, or even sign up. You know, now in my signature, in my emails, I I, I just put see my public uh, uh, life story here, nice. and it just clicks. You know, so you can just go and check out, uh, um, you know, all my stories. Fantastic. Even like my dad, you know, he's like 77 and, uh, and he calls me uh, from Spain. You know, what, what are your kids up to? You know, what, what's good? Can you update me? And I just say, you know, just go highlife.com forward slash you forward slash repo, R-I-P-O, which is my, my um, uh, address. So highlife.com forward slash you forward slash R-I-P-O. And then you'll see my you public stories. Obviously, only the not the private, not the private right, stuff, right. Uh, not the, the naughty stuff. stuff. No, um, but uh, so but you can see all the stories about the kids. So you're awesome. you're raising funds. You're pitched to investors. Do you just give them a high life link? Uh, yeah, exactly. And I send them a memo of our meeting. There we go. <laughs> cool. Yeah. 
um, Silicon Real Business, anything going on, Colin, that I forgot or, you know? Yeah, no, all good. Uh, again, we're, uh, some people have reached out because uh, we're looking for some help. So yeah. keep on reaching out. And, uh, you know, we got a Pinterest page now, which is really cool. Yeah. And uh, that's just from people helping out, uh, just paying it forward. We're just trying to do a good thing here, tell great stories. And, and the more people can help us out, the better it is. So. Good stuff. Actually, yeah, so, you know yeah. what I was thinking? That yeah. for the Movember campaign... Yeah. You should use Higher Life so we can see the evolution of your dodgy, of every day? Of your dodgy moustache. There we go. Yeah. Done. So you could have a, a pick, you know, a timeline of, your, of the evolution of your dodgy moustache. And you can call the account, you know, whatever the name you give yeah. to your Tash. You I'll know? make it public. And then Collins keep... Tash. Now that's Collins a pitch. Tash. The man's always <laughs> pitching. I like that. Not bad. All right. You, you <laughs> when you're raising money, you're in the pitch. pitch you should moment. do that. Definitely. I will do it. All right. Cool. We're on Twitter at Silicon Real. We're really responsive. We would love to hear your ideas for guests. We just want to get everybody from the whole community, VCs, guys that are starting up, um, accelerators, the whole nine. So um, give us a shout on um, at Silicon Real. If you're listening to us on iTunes, ch- come check us out on YouTube channel, uh, Silicon Real. And uh, it's all good. As we say, it's about the people. Fernando. Pleasure having you on. Thanks for Thank coming you. by. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you for, for the opportunity. It's great to have Cheers. a chat with you guys. Awesome, great. man. All Thank right. You. All the best, guys. Take care. Silicon Valley, we'll meet with uh, VCs, with, with corporates, with other startups. And usually at that point, like the startup, that our startup that has been in the program for about six months, kind of gets what they need to be doing, kind of understands what they need to do, and then they can really take full advantage of the U.S. trip. Post-U.S. trip, they tend to kind of already grow into the maturity stage, at which point they either continue coming to the sessions that they want to come to. Mm -hmm.